welcome to Writing Easy, the podcast where we take the act of writing, which can sometimes be eh, and try to make it a little more ah. I am one of your hosts, Mary Mascari. And I'm your other host, Melissa Long. Fall is upon us. Yeah. Pumpkin spice and cider. <laughs> Although for like for you, there's no difference, right? Like it's it's just Starbucks is really the only way you know it's fall in LA. Pretty much. It's I and I have no tolerance for temperature. I like I went out of the building the other day and it's like, oh my god, I can't breathe. It's so hot and like humid and it was like eighty five and I was literally <laughs> like I was like, I can't stand this. What is happening? So it's a rough life out here in Southern California. It's so hard. I feel bad for you. Here, actually, this is the best weather in the fall. Between um, like mid-August between my birthday and Christmas is when the weather is amazing here. And if, I tell, if you're going to come to Chicago, come in the autumn because it's great. The summers are way too hot and the winter is horrible, but fall is great. So I'm happy. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about writing. Yay. Yay. Um, NaNoWriMo is on the horizon. Good luck to all you guys who are thinking about it. You can do it. Um, but today we are continuing our series talking about Pixar's 22 Rules of Storytelling, which is interesting. I've learned a little bit more about that. It's actually uh, from a woman named Emma Coates, who used to work at Pixar. Uh, now she works apparently at Google. I looked her up. And uh, these were just a series of tweets that she tweeted out. So this was... You know, it's a, a huge inspiration that she was just able to go blah and take all this stuff out, you know, in whatever, how long it takes to do a series of tweets. So that's really impressive <laughs> that she had this, all this wisdom just bloop, and it's all so nice. Like, that's really brilliant. I'm very jealous. Same. I would not have been that concise. None of my tweets have ever been this insightful. <laughs> yeah, that's really impressive. We're going to do number 18, which is really great. And the quote is, you have to know yourself. The difference between doing your best and fussing. Story is testing, not refining. There are three good parts to this. This is such a nice quote. Obviously, the first one, you have to know yourself. That's, I mean, that's everything. Melissa, do you know yourself? I do very well. Nice. <laughs> but like, you know, your own writing uh, habits and what works and what doesn't and be able to look at something and say, that doesn't work for me. That's not how I do. Right. Yeah. And I think it comes with age and experience, like practice writing, because you when you're younger you and newer, you start experimenting. You don't know yourself. So you're testing everything and trying out everything. But the more you do it, the more you sort of understand your voice and your style and your strengths and you know what you want and you're more confident. You're more willing to say, no, I don't want to make this mm -hmm. change because this is the story I'm, tr I'm trying to tell. And when you have a setback, you know it's not the end of the world because you've been through it. You're like, oh, no, this is just, this is how it goes. And I think that helps a lot to know yourself that the troubles that you tend to have or the things that look like problems that resolve themselves really nicely, that's such a nice, uh, important tool to have, a good thing to be able to lean on. Yeah. So then I'm going to jump to the third part of this that says story is testing, not refining. Now, it took me a little bit to think about what this meant to me. And here's what I came up with. Melissa, you tell me what you think, if you, this is similar. But I think of uh, that the act of writing is not so much of, I've got it, now let's perfect it. You know, where you, you cast a die and then just burnish it. That's not what writing is, is what Emma Coates is saying. Uh, what she's saying it is, is 
you keep trying different ideas and test them out. I don't know if you've heard, there's a meme that I've seen around where someone said that they took M&Ms and they would put them between their, you know, take two and put them between their fingers and squeeze them. And then the one that didn't crush, it would take another one, you know, and do this, this tournament, right? And then you're like, ha, now I've got these two and I'll send them back to uh, Hershey's and say, use, or M&MRs, use these uh, for breeding purposes, you know, because they're the strongest <laughs> ones. It, and that's kind of how ideas are. It's a, it's a training montage for your, your characters. It's kind of a different way of thinking. What do you think? Does that make any sense? I think it makes sense. I kind of am torn on this pit, this piece, because I feel like the refining is important. And there's a part of mm-hmm. the, the process that is about fine tuning and refining. But I think a lot of people jump from I've got a draft to I'm in polish and refine mode without going through the testing stage. And to mm-hmm. me, testing is it's, it is not being afraid to completely rewrite a story after you've gotten a draft or to, you know, change protagonists or to kill off a character or to merge characters. Like, mm-hmm. I think the testing piece is like giving yourself permission and freedom to do something drastically different when you've already put so much time and effort and energy into one direction. You have to fail. You have to be, you can't creatively, you have to be able to fail. And that's is it very scary. It's very hard it's to do. So hard to do. Um, but it's but it's important. And actually, when I was noodling on this, I, I uh, partly because my kids were sitting and playing Pokemon, uh, let's go Eevee, while I was doing this. But uh, it kind of made me think about like how you know you're you have your you're the trainer and your ideas, your stories are the Pokemon, right? They're the ones you're training, and so it's you're not the competitor, you're the judge. You know, so I think that's an interesting way of thinking about it. I, I like that. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to write that one down. And it's pretty witty. That when you're writing, keeping that separation between you and your work, that if this idea doesn't work, it doesn't mean you have bad ideas. It just means that this idea doesn't work. That's your, it's your Pokemon. You're going to pull that Pokemon out. You're going to grab another one. And if that one doesn't work, you can catch more. It's not, I am a bad writer because this idea didn't work. It's just like, oh, this wasn't it. Let's keep moving. And I think that's what that story is testing, not refining, is getting at, that that uh, way of thinking. Yeah, I think that's so important, Mary. I think the idea of separating yourself from the product and not defining your worth or your skill as a writer by the output, <laughs> because so many Which people, so many of us, yes, we're like, this is not the best version of the story that I can tell. And therefore, I'm a horrible writer. And what am I doing with my life? And associating criticism or feedback on their work as a, you shouldn't be in this business, you're a fraud, you yeah. like, who are you to claim you're a writer? Um, that imposter syndrome is so strong. And I think being able to understand when you're starting to feel that way and step back and then say, no, this is sort of my ego and my pride talking and it's mm-hmm. in my head. It's not reality and focusing your energy on the story. That's when you start to uh, free yourself up and get over the writer's block and all the other things that keep you from doing what's best for the writing itself. It gets rid of that fear. That's the thing that drives you over to Facebook or to goof off to, to jump from this. This isn't ready. It isn't even that it's a bad idea. It just isn't ready yet. I haven't found it yet to I suck. And it's hard because when you're starting out, you are wondering, like, am I any good? Am I? But I think you have to get rid of that and just kind of say, you know, I have the right to do this. I am. I am an artist. I'm a human being. Therefore, I have a right to be an artist. 
and I have a right to make my work and just get to that place. And then when you're when your brain is there, then you say, I am an artist and this is me. Then the work is just the work. It's just it's not easy to do, but you have to do it. And that also means that the work's not going to make you anything. Like it's not like once you're a big successful author, now you have a like, no, if you don't have it when you without it, you're not going to have it with it. And I say this as if I have mastered this, uh, but that is a big pile of crap. <laughs> I'm still struggling with this myself. Yep. <laughs> I, I think that's what is reassuring to me is that when I go to conferences and I hear different authors or I take classes and workshops, I hear New York Times bestselling authors say the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like I hit this part of this process and I'm like, this is the book. This is the one where I fail. This is the one where I lose my publisher. This is the one um, that isn't going to work. And they define themselves in that moment on what they're doing. Uh, and it's really hard. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I did a thing with Aaron Sorkin on the masterclass and he, it surprised me how much he would be like, I'm not, I'm not a good writer. I'm not a, and I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, so yeah. it, it's, it's one of those things that everybody struggles with or 90% of writers struggle with. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you have to know that and know that it's okay. And you can go easier on yourself when you're in that mental space. Our culture is very much into uh, identifying your worth with your output. Um, you know, and, and it's funny because I, you know, I love Hamilton so much. I love that musical. It's so inspiring, but it, it kind of does a number on you because Hamilton does kind of embody that. I, you know, that working really hard and, and lots of output that makes him who he is. And not, not that hard work isn't important. It is important. But you still have to have that separation and, you know, that message can sometimes get a little muddied and it's hard, um, which actually I think uh, ties really well to that middle section, which is in the context, you have to know yourself, the difference between doing your best and fussing. This is another one that I kind of, huh, I wonder what, what that means. And I have my thoughts of what I think it means. Some of it is just be good to yourself. And, you know, when you say do your best and you're like, well, what is your best? Is this my best? I don't know. I don't know. That's such a hard thing to do. The other thing with fussing that makes me think, you know, like a fussy baby is, is that kind of sturm and drong, the, the sound and fury that you do to make it feel like you're working. You know, all the, the anguish that you kind of ramp yourself up into, work yourself into a lather. So it kind of feels like you're working, but you don't have to actually take any risks. So that's a thing to avoid as well. I think that's what she was getting at, maybe instead of just quietly testing your ideas and seeing what works. I, I struggle with this part of the, the, the rule in terms of doing your best, because one of the things that I have found is a, is a roadblock for me is this idea of potential, right? And people reading my work mm -hmm. and saying, oh, you've got such great potential, or this is so good. And the pressure to live up to somebody that I admire or a mentor's idea that like I could be this great writer and I'm like oh but it's just off on the horizon and I'm so close and I put a lot of pressure mm -hmm. on each and everything that comes out to be like the very best that I can do otherwise I feel like I'm failing um, and that is something that for me I've learned is a little unhealthy like I have to let go of like mm -hmm. this has to be my best work and otherwise I will just get paralyzed mm -hmm. I was at an event and it's funny because the people that I hear stressing, do your best work, it has to be your best work, blah, blah, blah. They're agents, they're editors, they're managers, mm. they're executives. When I talk to the writers, the writers say things like, 
do not panic, right? Do not stress over, you know, Mm -hmm. whether this is the best thing that you can ever write. They're always constantly saying, like, come out of that place of perfectionism. Whereas, like, other people outside of the writing world are going to say, it's got to be the best. It's got to be the best. It's got to be great at this. There's so much competition out there. And in order for you to make traction, you've got to have, like, exemplar writing. Yeah. So I would just caution people to balance that perspective and know that from the writer's point of view, it's very hard to stay in that space of trying to do your best. I remember I, I spent a summer in L.A. once at, uh, doing a, an internship and some classes at UCLA. And I the teacher of the class I took, he said that L.A. is the place where you could die of encouragement. Because <laughs> everyone's yeah. so nice and friendly. Like, oh, yeah, no, you're doing great. You're doing great. And they'll say that forever until you, you know, go insane. So one other thing that I it kind of ties in, I actually tweeted this uh, Earlier, I tweeted a link to this. Uh, it's a great interview with Connie Willis where she talks about her writing process. And it's a really short video, like maybe t- 15, maybe 20 minutes, real quick. And Connie Willis is just a delightful person. I mean, just and brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and she talked about how she writes, and I found it to be really helpful. You know, she's talked about, like, oh, I have this piece. Well, it's due already, it's not done. And, you know, she didn't seem to be stressing about it. She's like, it'll get done. And she talks about how. You know, sometimes a story takes a long time. You know, she has to, it has to wait. It comes when it comes, which is not to say that she doesn't sit around and go like, oh, I'm just waiting for it to be inspired. But she waits for the story to tell her, you're like, oh, oh, here it is. Now I've got, I can go back to this story. So she's probably got more than one iron in the fire, different things she's working on. She probably has a good discipline of writing, but the projects might work at different paces and that's okay. And that, I found that really helpful because I'm always like, go, go, go. And to just say, you know what? This is just has to sit and steep for a little bit. We'll pull it back out again. If Connie Willis does it, it's okay. And if you, for those who don't know who Connie Willis is, yeah. she's a uh, science fiction writer, grandmaster. The Doomsday Book is probably her most uh, famous piece. Uh, it's a, a time travel book about uh, – it's actually really cool. It's, it's about – I think it's at Oxford or Cambridge – university where they they time travel but they go back to study the time and so they do all this great work to try to to blend in so that they can just study and then get out and uh one student she gets stuck in the plague during the black plague she's she is a master i i feel like she i did a workshop with her very early on in my Mm. writing uh career at some con like a local science fiction and fantasy con and uh yeah she's so delightful so wise so much great um advice about writing and if so if she does it i'm like yep <laughs> like, it's yeah. okay for me to do so channel your your inner connie willis go go more connie than hamilton <laughs> when it's time to start typing <laughs> and i think things will go better than than uh than the other way i think that's really great let's uh, i think we should stop here and tell everyone to keep writing. Do you want to quickly plug? Oh, social media. Uh, social media, social media. We have it. It's ours. You should uh, follow it. Yeah. Um, it's ours. <laughs> and do please, if you like this, go to uh, iTunes and, and, and rate and all that good stuff. Review. Not only does it make us feel better as people, it's a, it makes our day. Uh, it really does. Uh, but it also helps us more people find the podcast. So if you liked it, maybe someone else will. And that would be great. But with that... I think we'll finish up and say, writing is hard. So take it easy. I've been Mary Mascari. And I'm Melissa Long. Good writing, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.